0: So every amazon seller wants to take their business from zero all the way to seven or even eight figures but the truth is very few do it's hard and most fail either because they can't get the business to that level in the first place or because the business isn't built on solid foundations it can't exist without them and so they get there but they're overworked and stressed and basically running around putting out fires all the time well in today's video i'm going to talk to one of the few people who were able to do that His name is Michael, and he's the guy who managed my Amazon business for almost four years until we exited the business for eight figures. And Michael has a very unique perspective because not only was he instrumental in the success of my own business, but he's also gone out and worked with dozens of other Amazon sellers and helped them to achieve similar results. So he's pretty much seen it all. And in this conversation, he's gonna reveal the secrets to scaling and systemizing an Amazon business up to that seven or eight figure level. So if you're an advanced Amazon seller and you're at high six figures or low seven figures in revenue, then you won't want to miss this video without further ado let's get into it michael welcome to the channel it's a it's a real pleasure and honestly an honor to have you here today um so i thought we would start by just getting a little bit of background info on you so before you even came to amazon like who were you what were you doing
1: yeah so once i finished high school i went to university to study economics and i was working for an insurance broker but after a year or so i realised not really for me at that time i was watching youtube videos about digital nomads i was reading the four hour work week and that's when i started researching like potential business models at first i wanted to be a graphic designer because when i was like 14 uh, i was really into graphic design so i thought that would be a way to go but just by watching youtube videos that's how i found out about amazon and that's basically when it all started and
0: i started doing my research and learning about the business model Okay, so you're in the process of learning about it. Like, what were the things that actually led you to go down that pathway? Or how, how quick was that pathway? Like, why, why Amazon? And why did you end up actually starting an Amazon business?
1: Yeah, it took me another year to actually start researching products. Because at that time, I was making like $4 per hour. And I knew I had to save up some money. So it took me quite some time to save up those $4,000 that I used.
0: How, how, well, how, how old were you at this time?
1: uh 21 21 yeah so it took me quite some time to actually save up uh the money to launch my first product so i took all of those money and into my first product and i actually was making a decision whether to invest some of the money into a training program or a course because i had no idea what i'm doing but i knew that if i would invest into a program i then wouldn't have the money to actually invest into a product so my decision was that i would invest into a product and use that as the learning opportunity. So I took the money and how I learned was just by listening to podcasts and going on Reddit and basically trying to find people who are posting good results and then reaching out to them and asking all of the questions. So I had like these, okay, now I'm researching products, so I will find people who can help me with that. And I was sending like 10 messages every day.
0: And uh, that actually does link to how how you and I met in the first place. We'll, We'll get to that uh in a sec but it's it's interesting that you started that way and actually you know my perspective when i was starting this business was i had a lot more financial means behind me i, I was i was older i was more i had a career behind me as well so i had these savings and so it's just interesting to see like i was sort of i went with this like portfolio approach but it sounds like you when you were starting like you were much more risk on you know like not necessarily bone the boats but but you were much more all into this than I was at the start, which I find interesting.
1: Yeah, my, my goal was to make $1,000 in profit per month because I realized that like that should be enough to start traveling, to go to Thailand and basically live like a digital nomad. And it took me like four months after I launched my first product to get there, which was amazing because I was already making like twice as much in my amazon business than i was in my day job but i still kept my day job i was still studying in the university and running this business as a side hustle and i i had like one product and i was researching the second one but as you can imagine it took quite a while to save up some money to invest into the second product
0: apart from the cash flow challenges and, and actually having the money to back you up in this early stage this is before before we knew each other What other challenges did you encounter back when you, let's let's call this the beginner phase, what other challenges were you encountering back in the beginner phase?
1: Um, yeah, I would say, first of all, it was English because I did not speak English that well at that time. So (laughs) it took me like more time to understand like the podcast. So I actually was looking at the transcripts of those podcasts, putting it into translator of these like sections I did not really understand. And so I was mostly confused by like the legal side like how to actually import products into US from China and I spent way too much time trying to understand that which was not necessary but I think what I did really well was I was really just taking it one step at a time I see that, like probably the biggest mistake I guess beginners usually make is trying to understand the whole business model right away I was fine with that just taking it one step at a time then I probably, the, my biggest challenge after that was Amazon BPC. Like I spent way too much time trying to understand that I would be better off to just search for new products and launching more products to, rather than trying to tweak that one product I had.
0: And I want to go back to the English point for a second. How did you learn English?
1: Uh, just, just by watching TV series, usually like just watching Friends and How I Met Your Mother and yeah, just watching that over and over and over again.
0: It's crazy because that's, I mean, maybe not for this audience, but for a lot of people around the world, like the the English barrier, is this huge obstacle to actually being able to get into whatever you know, whatever business model or, or way of making money online. And, like, dude, like you just killed that. Um, so let's move on to the next phase now. And and I had, as I was planning for this interview, I sort of structured a, a, a Michael's journey, if you will, into a few different phases because I've I've been a part of most of this journey or or a lot of it. And I think the I called the next phase the apprenticeship phase. And so this is where I enter the picture. Some of this may be familiar to some of the people watching uh, this this video if you're, if you're on my channel. But basically, I was in my, I think it was my second year of selling on Amazon. So kind of similar starting pathways, I think probably around about the same time. Um, but again, I had more money behind me. I was like in a different place when I was beginning my Amazon business. So me about a year into my own Amazon selling journey, uh, I got the business to seven figures in revenue, but in getting there, like it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of hard work. Um, I was doing really well. Same thing. Like my original goals were to have, for me, it was around about forty thousand dollars a year in income, so that I could again, like like you said, like be a digital nomad, go live in Thailand, wherever Indonesia. And and I got there very quickly, uh, like after a number of months. But then the pathway and actually like starting to encounter all of these, just all of these challenges that that come along with this business uh it had kind of got me down in a way and not only that but i actually realized uh, i had a project i wanted to do i wanted to start sailing in the caribbean uh, with a friend so that was my problem i was a year into this business before we met and what i realized i needed was a way of effectively getting to a four-hour work week and i've never actually read the four-hour work week which is funny but i understand now a lot of you know the principles behind it but at that point in time I knew that I needed a way of having this—not just this thing that you're always working in and that's causing you all this stress—and you're addicted to looking at the sales figures every day. And when they go up, you feel great. And when they go down, you feel terrible. But I needed a way of systematizing it, or, or of having it run without me always like babysitting it. And so the solution for me was where you came in, and that was to hire an apprentice or, or somebody to manage the business. It was very what actually you know what actually happened with with you coming into this. It was very different to what it looked like back then obviously it's been a long journey with lots of ups and downs um but so we we came into contact and i'm going to throw this over to you now so walk us through the process of like how did we actually come into contact with each other what was it like for you personally from your perspective being hired coming on board this business which was a you know a bigger business than than the one that you were used to running just walk me through all that from your perspective what we you looking for and what was it like taking the leap as well
1: So you were one of the people I was reaching out to on Reddit. I guess, like, people usually don't meet on Reddit. That's not the best place to meet other people, I guess. But I reached out to you when you had your post about The Apprentice. I remember I still have this message to this day that I reached out to you. And, like, the first sentence was that I'm not a good fit for this role. I just have a few questions. Then we scheduled a call. And we started talking. And you noticed that I have some knowledge about Amazon. To be honest that's probably something you could share what what you saw in me at that time that you actually decided to come to prague and meet me in person just like after a month or so uh after meeting me on reddit right so i i think that like a lot of people are curious about that like just met, met a random guy on reddit and then you decided to like go all the way to Czech republic to prague and meet this guy and actually start working together
0: <laughs> uh uh, yeah, so from my perspective, like it was a huge leap. It was a huge leap and I was super scared. Like I'm not, I didn't come from any business background. I came from an employee background. I'd never hired anyone. I was like the lowest in my team. So to be sort of responsible or, or like to even think about putting myself in a position of responsibility like that, of, of leadership, let's say, and, and the money that I would have to pay because <laughs> I was going to have to pay money, um, that was very intimidating. And honestly, if I look back, like what what did I see? Part of it, part of it was an internal process that I had to go through to just get over that mindset of like being too afraid to to hire somebody else or to try and to take the effort and the time and the, the risking my time and money to bring this other person on board and and you know then have to train them and teach them. I, and I think, you know, you to 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 clarify, Michael actually wasn't uh, the first person that I hired for this job, so I hired somebody else. And I had tried to cheap out and not pay them. So I took the definition of apprenticeship literally. And basically it was like, hey, come on board to my business. This was this other guy and, or the the other position that I had and we'll launch some products together. I've got the capital, I've got the sort of like existing business more or less sitting there and you help me launch these products and then I'll give you a share of the profits, but I won't pay you beforehand. So there was no salary involved with that first position. And that failed. <laughs> so that was a learning, like it it just, the, the setup wasn't right. Like I learned from that, that it's not that it wasn't the right idea to try and get somebody on board because you can only do so much with your own time. But what I learned was that you've got to set it up in a way that works for you, but also for the other person. <laughs> so and that yeah. was a lesson then with you it was like, okay, well, I'm actually going to like take this step to, to pay a significant amount of money. It was a large amount of money for where the business was at the time um, to get you on board. Why did I do it? I don't know, man. You were just like young, (laughs) motivated, I think curious. And the message that you just said as well, that like the first thing that you said to me was, hey, I think I'm actually not, or you said like, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not appropriate for this job right now. I don't know whether that was just some reverse psychology mind games you were (laughs) playing, but it it definitely worked because it was like, I don't know it was i could just see this maturity and and some sense of potential so not to belabor the point but i saw a lot of I, I saw that we could go somewhere from this and then yeah, it took a little bit of time like again that other that other position had to not work out for me to actually be able to to be ready to commit to this and then we started the apprenticeship so i hired you and and maybe talk quickly about what that was yeah. like so that was actually you know going from this stable relatively stable let's say career path which is what everyone else around you is doing, I assume. And then being like, all right, this guy I met on Reddit, like I'm going to go work for him now and build this online business that like, you know, doesn't even exist in the real world. Like, what, what did that feel like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So at the time I, I knew that's like, that was an amazing offer because I was, I knew that I would be getting paid to learn. So I was like, yeah, I want to do this. But at that time I was still at the university. I had my day job. I had my business. I also had my files at the university. So I was like, okay, I, I will do this but I have to figure out stuff very quickly to leave my day job, which my parents were against it because, of course, like, I started working for this guy. I never, like, really met him before and I will be working for this business that is, like, in the United States and, like, that's probably not a good decision from their point of view, but I knew, like, I have to... uh, that I have to do this. And, like, going from my business, which... It was just like selling two products, so it was not really a business. I had like my journal, trying to figure out stuff as I as I was going. But going to Miles's business, I understood like that was a real business. Like to me, it was so organized, so structured. Miles had these like procedures in place. So the first thing he asked me to do was to use bulk files to optimize PPC, which I've never done before. So I was like, okay, he's going to fire me once he realized that I've never done this thing before. But after a while, it was really intense, like six months, I would say. But after a while, I understood like how it actually works and what are like the key functions of the business that we are launching products, we have to get them. From our supplier, we have to forecast the inventory, we have to optimize our PPC campaigns, we have to split test listing, we have to have a pricing strategy in place, and all these things, because before that, I just thought, like, it's just one thing. It's just, like, products selling on Amazon. And now, just, like, separating everything into these different processes, like, it was super helpful for for me to focus. Like, okay, now I'm actually optimizing PPC campaigns, or now I'm doing product research, and really just categorize everything. It helped me to understand that, this is how essentially every business. works. So definitely, it was really intense for the first six months. And I, I, I assume that for you, it uh, was probably also quite frustrating at first to learn that uh, you actually have to teach me every single thing, not just about like, not about Amazon. I knew the stuff about Amazon, but about like the business, stuff, like how that works, like why, how, how cash flow works, right? And how we have to set up everything for efficiency because we, we, we are just like the two of us running So yeah, that was definitely very, very intense on my end.
0: That's super interesting to hear from your perspective. I I think a couple of points. One is I'm very glad that in my previous job that I was working before I started this Amazon business, at the time I'd been unhappy because the role that I was working, I was actually, I was a mining engineer by profession, but the role that I was, the job that I was doing for the company I was working for was not a mining engineering job. It was actually more of a process improvement job. And at the time, I was sort of frustrated and pissed off that they'd put me in this job that seemed like this like not real job, or at least it wasn't the job that I'd studied to do. And it was only after, it was process improvement and fi- and business finance and accounting. <laughs> and it was only after, once we got into this, into doing Amazon about a year or two later, that I realized how much of a bullet I dodged, or, or rather, let's put it, let's phrase it, positively I realized how much I had actually learned in that job that actually was super applicable to a small business or any kind of business I just didn't know it at the time and just to generalize that point I think it's something that we fall victim to or we can fall victim to which is to if we don't like a job or something and we want to move away from it we tend to sort of devalue the useful skills that we do learn in, in in the job and in hindsight like all of this stuff that you saw and it sounded like this big difference from your perspective, like that was me just like cobbling this stuff up completely, you know, like haphazardly without too much, um, you know, ability to plan. And I was just kind of copying the stuff that I learned in my corporate job. And then luckily like it, it, it worked out. And obviously we were gonna, well, we'll talk about this in a sec, but then it would be a bit of an evolution to actually make it really fit a small lean e-commerce operation an Amazon FBA business Rather than the forty thousand person company corporate machine that I used to work for, uh, but we'll talk about that in a sec.
1: I, I think like I I really liked structure in my personal life. I was like blocking my time, tracking my workouts, my calories, and all that stuff. I just didn't know how to apply that to business. So when I came on board and you showed me like this is my Asana, this is our process map, these are the SOPs, and I was like, wow, this is like. This is actually amazing because now I can just like, don't have to bother you with my questions. I can just look into this document and like, I can see how to do it. You recorded video, So I just like, looked at the video and I, so for me, I, I think that we have quite a similar personality. So it was easy for me to be on the same page once I actually understood how it's supposed to look
0: like. So let's move ahead, skip ahead a little bit. So this was, let's say the first six months, let's say the first phase of the apprenticeship period, which was actually around about two years. So now I, from my perspective, I was able to achieve that goal that I wanted to do, which was to have this business. I didn't have to be stressed out, always babysitting it. Um, at this point, I've bought a yacht. I'm sailing in the Caribbean. And I am at this point now doing the four-hour work week, just as Tim Ferriss said it was possible to do, I was doing it. But there were challenges and it was almost like the same challenges, but we would kind of just switched places. <laughs> so For for some period or at some point during this period, I would say that now you were the stressed and overworked one. You were the one fighting fires. You were the one keeping things running, even though we had this like overall structure in place. And so that's when this really interesting transformation started to happen within you. And basically the need was like, all right, so Miles is off on his boat. You know, he's like checking in every now and then, but Michael's now just like sitting here running this thing. He's running it, he's managing it. But there's the need was to how do we actually grow this business now without working more? Because you're already working, you know, you're pretty maxed out. You're working pretty much yep. full time on this thing. And yep. so the, the solution to that, I actually, I wanted to, uh, I found a document, our 2020 business plan, and I read it and I was like, wow, this was this was the key. This was the part that actually got us to the next level. And what it was, the solution to that problem was to have this transformation from the manager to the owner mindset. I was already the owner, but like for you to actually make that transformation, to yep. make that leap for yourself. Yeah. And yep. basically I had written down these like, this was a document that I was giving to you and it was three key roadblocks to go from where we were then, which was multiple seven figures to an eight figure business. And I had these three obstacles. The first one was seeing that this was an obstacle or a problem, right? That needed to be solved. The first one was seeing the business as a static structure. So basically it's going from like a, a structure that you operate within to how do you actually build or or keep building around the structure and build it up into what it needs to be. So I had it as four steps, build a lot of processes quickly, get them to working condition. Number two, find human talent, find people with high potential and the relevant abilities. Number three, delegate, train them, hand the processes over to that person, give them responsibility. Number four, architect, get back to work on the big picture, building these blocks on top of each other such that the structure is no longer fixed, but you're actually outside it, building it up as you go. Uh, That was the first obstacle, Number two, underestimating the ability to hire people who are better than you at a particular job, and that is a lesson I still struggle to learn today. And number three was to not, was not taking enough shots on goal. So it's like being able to try a lot of things, learn quickly from those things, try again better, like whether that's hiring, whether that's growth, advertising, whatever it is. And then once you've taken the shots on goal, go deep with what works. So that was just a a section out of that plan, but the the form of that might have changed a bit but i think that that was when both of us really started to shift and you definitely started to take it to the next level so i could see from that point on or beforehand even but definitely after that the mindset shift from being the manager from being stressed and overworked to suddenly being able to take this like overview perspective and to to view the business like an owner and to therefore start building the business which was amazing for me to see so the result basically from that point, the business took off like a rocket. What do we do? Like we doubled, we tripled. And the the amazing thing in hindsight was looking back on this. We didn't really, we hired what one, two more, one more person from that point. (laughs) Like you didn't work anymore. And the business just tripled, profit tripled. It wasn't just revenue. It was a profit increase, tripled, quadrupled even. So I want to throw this over to you and just, that, that was a lot to take in, but what do you, how did you view this process? Like what are your comments on, on you know, that three step, those three obstacles, and how did you go through this process and what did you learn? What were the key learnings for you?
1: Yeah. So at first I would say that I was still before that considering just as a job and as a job, I was like really just overall, I would say in my life conditions to focus on my personal productivity. So as you were saying, I was working full-time, but I was reading books like how to get more work done because like I'm the operator, this is my job. And as you said, the biggest problem, I was seeing the business as a fixed structure. So I actually printed this and it was on my notice board for like three years. It's like, it's not a fixed structure, build processes, find talent, delegate. And I had like it on my notice board to remember that I can actually do this. And regarding like the shots on goal approach, at first I was really afraid to like disappoint you because like I, I knew like, okay, I have to make this work, like at all. So I would I would say I was kind of afraid to take a bit bigger risk, to, like, go for bigger products and take, like, a bigger risk to, let's say, hire someone completely new. So I always, like, waited, just like I was, like, waiting, trying to be as productive as possible. And as you said, I had to change the mindset to, like, think more like the business owner, the exact same thing you did before, because I think that was really a game changer. And once I started doing that, I remember that we had this discussion, like, what we are actually trying to do, how we are planning to grow the business. And we agreed that we are just like, that we were playing the Amazon game. So launching products, optimize listings, and expand to new marketplaces, right? So I would say that the biggest difference was that we learned how to resist the temptation to do other things, to like uh, try influencer marketing, expand to new sales channels. There were so many opportunities, but I, think really that because we were so like process oriented we already had everything in place I mean you like building something new takes so much time so much capacity so let's rather just focus on the few things we can do and do them better and better so we were really just optimizing everything for maximum efficiency that's why we hired only just one person so we had like two full-time employees supply manager brand manager to help us operate this fairly simple machine right because I can see that if if we would start like adding all of these different channels and all this complexity, you always told me like complexity compounds difficulty. So I try to like, let's keep it simple. Let's just like build something that can scale. And if we are actually building something, whether it's like a new process, let's make, or a new tool, let's say new spreadsheet, whatever. Let's make sure that we can keep using this, even if we double the business. So we don't have to like restructure the whole business every six months. Right? So when we were like creating our new inventory forecasting, spreadsheet and all the tools and all the whole process we really were thinking, okay now we maybe had 20 SKUs but what if we had 100 would this still work and the answer was always yes that we are like setting the structure that was ready to scale the business
0: I, I realize I don't think we've said this keyword yet which is bottlenecks or constraint so it's the what's the real limit in this process once you've mapped it out where's the thing that's the only thing where actually you need to work more on that And as soon as you can open that or increase the bandwidth of that part of the process, then your your bottom line will increase. You'll you'll make more money and then you'll keep more money at the end of the day as well. And I guess most Amazon businesses, there's really only a few bottlenecks normally. One might be capital. So actually having the cash flow to be able to grow the business because the idea is that you're growing your your product selection as well as the actual per product um, revenue and profit that you're making the sales that you're doing. We were lucky; we never had issues with capital. I was always able to to, to cover that um, that bottleneck whenever it arose. So, capital was out for us. But a lot of times, people think it's just making more sales. Like, oh, if I can just get more sales in this product, then then I'll make more money. So, therefore, the bottleneck is you know getting the inbound, whether it's uh, PPC or, or again using these influencer marketing, all these other sort of tactics and hacks that you can try. I think a lot of people don't don't realize that often the bottleneck ends up being you whether you're the owner yeah. or you have, in yeah. my case, I had you managing the business. But when you try and do all of these different things, these 20 different tactics, each one that might increase your top line by a few percent, you are using up the what is generally the constraint of an Amazon business, which is your own ability to focus on all these things and to actually execute on them. It seems like such a simple thing, but I think it's a lesson that, at least when I was involved in the space, not many people seem to really realize that. That is why, that is the actual reason why complexity is gonna cause you trouble rather than giving you more money. If you had infinite capacity, you could do a million things, but you don't have infinite capacity. You can really only do one, two, three, maybe things, or at least have those priorities. So that's a yeah, that's a super important point.
1: That's why I that's why I think that like tracking our time was extremely valuable because I remember one day you just like sent me the report from Toggle and I had like my time there, like the time I spent in supply, the time I spent like researching new products. And you told me like Which of these activities can actually like grow the business? It's not the time you spend in supply. It's not the time you spend like forecasting your inventory. In our case, it was launching new products. That was like the thing that would grow the business. And you showed me I was at that time spending like 15%, maybe even less than that. And I realized like that may actually be the problem because now I was like able to understand that my time was the input. It was not like about me, but it was about the business. And once we like switched the perspective that now, It's the business that needs the input and the input doesn't have to be from me. It means that we can actually bring someone on board to free up all of that time. So I can focus on just a few things that would grow the business, which was developing new products, optimizing listings.
0: It's actually, uh, as you're saying that I'm I'm realizing that, so supply and logistics, I think that that was a key, like we did that well, at least when COVID happened 2020, we were one of the few sellers in our niche, wine glasses, that actually had stock most of the time and so that can also be another bottleneck is if you don't have the stock you don't literally have you literally don't have the goods available to be sold and you can't make money so that takes that is a lot of complexity in in a lot of Amazon businesses particularly going for like a few years ago or let's say three four years ago it was much less of an issue but because it's more complex today than it was it does take again more of that limited bandwidth that the owner or the manager has but other than once you've got the goods there it doesn't actually make you much money. So I think that, that was a real strong point for us was that we had all of our stuff, you know, the forecasting, the actual management process, all the shipments, because we had a lot of SKUs. We had a lot of products, but most most of them didn't make that much money. Uh, but we were able to very efficiently manage that process such that we could actually, as you said, if we went from 20 or 30 or whatever we had to 100, that process would be there. It'd be self-contained. We would maybe have to hire one more person maybe yep. to manage yep. again, like a tripling or quadrupling of the uh, of the catalog and shipments and all of that but you or whoever is running that business slash growing it that doesn't really change your focus so or your ability to focus your your ability to use your bandwidth so you can apply it to what matters which is either going to be launching more products or, or scaling the products that you already have to to more markets or or doing whatever driving more traffic to them so very key point
1: And I would say it's like probably the only way to actually develop an expertise if we are laser focused on one thing, because I think like we really try to spend a lot of time, like understand the customer and optimize the listings and develop new products by actually researching the competition and just spending time there. It wasn't like, or even optimizing the inventory forecasting. It wasn't as exciting. It was not exciting at all, to be honest, like to spend like I would say even hundreds of hours creating that spreadsheet that would like help us forecast the inventory, it would be way better to like best influence the marketing and like all of this exciting stuff and not, not just like the same things over and over and over again. I would say that once I I would say that once it got kind of boring, to be honest, that was the time we were actually doing a really good job. Because we were like really focused, launch products, get them to Amazon and optimize our BBC. Like that that was like I would say it was very simple in the end. Yeah.
0: So that is a good segue to the next point, which was that we're not still running this business anymore. We actually decided to sell the business in 2021. So a little while ago now. And I wanted to just dwell on this a bit more briefly um, than, than the rest of these topics. But for anyone who might be selling their business, who's watching this, and they're thinking about selling their business, their Amazon business in the future, whether it's the near future or, or you know a couple of years away, let's talk about that. A little bit from your perspective, so I sort of led that process, and and you know obviously it was I was the owner of the business, so I was the one like I think I was thinking about my best interests first and foremost. But from your perspective, and I'm sure you've talked to Amazon sellers who are going through this or, or or want to, some of the common questions would be you know why would you sell, why did we sell, when is it the right time to sell, what is the process like, how does it feel? So I, I wanted you to 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 talk about that a bit what was the sale process like? What were the things that were maybe challenging that you didn't expect, obstacles? What did you learn um, from that whole process of exiting the business?
1: Yeah. So to clarify, Miles was basically focused on like the negotiations, reaching out to potential buyers. And once we decided to sell the business, that we were, okay, this is a good time. We we decided that like we are in a good place to sell the business. We did not have to, which I think it was a good place to uh, to drive all of our negotiations because we did not have to necessarily sell the business. Uh, we started the due diligence process. And I think that probably the biggest lesson from the due diligence process was that it took quite a lot of time and like effort to prepare everything for the buyer. But I think the key lesson here for us was to keep the business running. Because I remember at one point we were like, okay, we are selling the business. Just go through the due diligence process and hand over the business. But we didn't realize, like, okay, we spend a month now, and during that month, we were working on the due diligence process. But we really stopped growing the business, and I think that would be that could potentially be a huge problem if they would decide to step away, and now we would lose like three months. Uh, it was before Q4, so we're like, okay, running the business, growing it—that's the top priority, and then everything else. Because until we actually transfer the account to them,
0: we still have to do everything we we do. What felt like the? Did it feel like the right time to sell to you, and and why? Let's let's start moving this towards where where you've gone since working for me, and uh, but let's start with that. Was it the right time for you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we we made a we made the right decision, especially looking back. We really made the right decision. But I remember we had quite a lot of discussions about this, and I knew that we had a plan in place how to potentially grow the business, to double the business again, and it would be different. We would have to hire more people and we would potentially have to experiment with new stuff, whether it would be like the influencer marketing, expanding to all these new marketplaces and just really figuring out how to grow the business even further. We had the plan in place. But at that time, I did not really want to go through the process of building like a bigger team because I really enjoyed the efficiency. I enjoyed that we had like just those two, three employees helping out with the business. And just by like looking at the structure, what it would look like and like doubling the business, it was not as exciting to me anymore. And I think that both of us, we already wanted to explore like a new chapter to try something new and maybe just like step away from that Amazon business or maybe that brand. Like eventually I personally would like to launch another brand maybe in the future, but at that time it felt like the right thing. to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. And obviously we, we talked about this, but it brings me back to what you said before is that when the things feel a bit boring, that's probably actually the best place to be. That means that you've got, you've got the expertise and Alex Hormozy actually talks about this, where it's like, that's a main, you know, that's a main obstacle for business owners that stops them from scaling their business to the next level. And to be honest, that's, that it got us, was that we were both, I wouldn't say bored, but, but as you said, ready to, to look for the next challenge. It's just something to be aware of. I, I personally, you know, the thing that drives me to, to build businesses. And and when I was starting the Amazon business, it, it's a lot about personal enjoyment. Like I'm doing this as a means to an end, to one way or another, be able to enjoy my life and to live as, as good of a life as I can. And so if I'm not or no longer interested in the nuts and bolts of the business that I'm running, well, maybe I can learn to love it in some way, shape or form, but it's also a valid uh, other alternative pathway, I think, to just be like, okay, now's the time to move on. If you can't, if you don't want what's involved with taking it to the next level and I, uh, you know you've had experience now talking to a lot of larger sellers as well and at least like from when i was looking at it in when we were back in this position i didn't personally want all of the extra work and and stress and responsibility that would be involved and risk as well that would be involved in trying to double this business again from an already high baseline yeah
1: yeah absolutely like i i think like at that point we both were better about the business, just we were trying to use it as a vehicle to get to, like, financial independence. And I think we understood that, like, if we would sell at that time, we would achieve that goal. And I, for me, that was probably the the main decision point. That, like, okay, th- we already achieved that. Because I, I don't think we were really, like, passionate about our brand. We were just, like, on fo- the niche and trying to learn about it. But it wasn't like we had this huge passion and we wanted to, like, just have this brand. I would say that, like, having this brand basically to make money. that, that was I would say the, the objective and that's why I like started the Amazon business in the first place. so
0: And I think that that's probably a common theme with most sellers. Again, we want to start talking now about what you're doing uh, these days and how you've been interacting with a lot of Amazon sellers who are sort of where we were at that whatever high six, probably more likely to be low seven figure mark. And, and so it's worth just like talking about the motivations and the fundamentally personal nature of an Amazon business for most of us is that it's it's this thing that we start because we have some goal in mind and and then, then there's this long, you know, twisted journey to get to that goal and you want to enjoy it as much as possible, but it's it's also valuable to just never lose sight of why are you doing this? What is your ultimate motivation? So let's move on now. So that was a few chapters in in Michael's journey from from starting with when he was earning $4 an hour and starting to sell his first product all the way to managing and then effectively taking the owner's mindset to this business that we we exited um, successfully, very successfully. And what happened next? What did you do next?
1: So after we sold the business, I uh, took a few months off and I ended up talking with a few sellers about their businesses because I was like, I can actually, I have so much time. So I could go back and talk to my network. So I started talking to sellers and I realized one thing Uh, with Miles, we both were very structured and very organized. And I realized that like a lot of sellers actually struggle with that because it doesn't just come naturally to everyone to have the systems thinking and be very, very organized. And I realized, first of all, I enjoy doing that. And thanks to that, I'm quite good at it. And I can actually help people with that. Because I saw Miles go through the transition, as he was saying, going like from running the business solo to to then hiring me and basically becoming the owner, running the four hour work week. And then I went through the same transition when I was like actually building the team, stepping out of the uh, daily operations of the business and focusing on the like high leverage stuff. And so I started working with these sellers Giving them some of the templates we were using, showing them our Asana, our task management, our procedures. And I realized, like, I really enjoyed that. Like, it was a nice change of pace compared to the Amazon business where I was just like looking at spreadsheets pretty much every single day, looking at data, working on my own. And now I was doing calls and I was like seeing the impact I can have on various businesses and it was nice to hear their stories as well because most of them were around like high six figure seven figure sellers they have these brands and I can actually see how they are doing it and help them quite significantly because like with Amazon we were selling products with hundreds of thousands of customers but I've never seen a single customer and you don't really see the impact you have and of course like it's just a product so it probably doesn't really have a big impact on their life. But with this, if you help someone change their business, it definitely has an impact on their life, especially if they are like stuck in the operations. And as you said, they are like stressed, frustrated. And you can like show them a few frameworks, a few tips and a few tools to help them save a bit more time, maybe hire their first employee and just get out of the grind and enjoy it a bit more and actually get why they started the business, which is freedom. Maybe they want to travel, maybe they want to spend more time with their family. So... After like three months, four months, it was clear that that's the direction I want to take. But of course, I had no experience with a similar business model, like how to work with sellers. It's not Amazon business, so it's not as like straightforward. So yeah, I started talking to sellers. I talked to like 50, 60 sellers and I realized that I can actually guide them through this transformation that I also went through. And then I went through the same transformation. So, yeah, that's what I started doing. Started working with sellers and realized that there is definitely, especially among like higher level sellers that got their business off the ground, but now they are stuck because of the operations, because of their mental capacity. So I see that there is definitely demand among these sellers.
0: You want to help them work less, make more money. The holy grail. We, we were lucky enough to see what that actually looks like and to see the, the, the benefits that it brings. And, and it's not that common. So now that you've talked about, has talked to all of these sellers and, and you're working with them today, let's talk about that. So what, do you, what are the most common challenges and obstacles that, that these types of sellers are facing?
1: I would say like the biggest problem is probably the mindset shift because a lot of them were facing the same issue I was facing, like having the operator's mindset, like being the employee of your business and just thinking in terms of your productivity, like these are my work hours and just like overall being afraid afraid to take the next step and turn that into a, a real business. Because even if they have business, they have products, it is a business, but they are basically freelancers, right? They are freelancers like working for their business because they never take the time to step out and actually work on the business as if it was this machine that just needs the inputs and the inputs doesn't have to come from that. So I would say that's like the the mindset is the biggest challenge. To so I help them with doing a few thought experiments to really help them detach themselves from the business and understand the value of delegation. And usually that comes with understanding their time allocation, just like looking where you are spending the time. And once you see that, it usually becomes clear why the business stopped growing, right? If you are not spending any time on those processes that can actually grow the business, well, you won't be growing. And once we do that, it becomes very, very clear what needs to happen, right? Where they need to save the time, either by like systemizing or hiring a new employee.
0: So definitely the mindset stuff. Even before that, I, I wonder, we, we were talking just before off, off air about how, to, to me and to you and I, it sounds, or it is completely obvious and just transparent how these simple changes are the, the only thing that's stopping you from, you know, changing from where you are right now, where you're working too much and you're making a lot less money than you should be, to just getting over the other side and suddenly everything looks better and you're making a lot more money and you're a lot more free. But... But sometimes you encounter you you were saying this before that you sometimes encounter people that even though the math seems so clear to us, like it's just an equation. It's like, hey, like this is how you make more money, that people still don't really do it <laughs> very often. Like let alone like taking the steps. But I don't know, is there anything you'd say to that person or like what's the solution when, when it's it's almost like something something deeper down that's stopping them from seeing the the truth, let's call it?
1: I would say they they, they focus on the cost and not on the value. Right. So, always when you pay for something, like you get the value, and you have to then figure out whether you get more value than you actually paid. Like, and they see just the money. Okay. I'm going to pay this person $2,000 or $1,000 to manage all my supply chain. And I don't want to lose $1,000, but they don't see, okay, I will save 50 hours of my time. How much is my time worth? Is it more than $1,000? Probably yes, especially if you are a seven-figure seller. And usually the equation is so clear that the IQ, your 50 hours are worth $10,000 maybe or $5,000. And you may still feel concerned to actually pay $1,000 to get that back. But if you really put it as an equation, it becomes obvious, as you said, like you pay 1000 you get 5000 back. That's a good deal, right? But as you said, sometimes it's, very, it's hard to make the switch but I think that once you do it, you can. It, it can become quite addicting to like, okay, I can actually delegate like pretty much everything. Like once I started this new business, I'm thinking in terms of like, what can I delegate every time I do a new task? I'm like, okay, who else could do this? How much would I have to pay them to do that? And it's like, yeah, I, I, I think that is
0: a good mindset to have, especially if you want to build a business. It's funny, as we're talking about this and I'm silently realizing that I'm sort of looking externally like it's this other person. But actually, as you were talking, I was sort of bringing bringing this back onto myself, because this is a problem that I'm actually encountering again, even though I've gone through all of this. um, I'm I'm back on YouTube now, I need to hire a video editor. And I have found myself reverting, because it's been a few years since I've hired somebody new. And I found myself very recently reverting, or I had reverted back to this default uh, mentality, this default mindset, which again, going back to how our journey's both started, which is as an employee or in a very sort of traditional conservative way of thinking. Like I never had entrepreneurs around me when I was growing up. So this whole math, like fact-based, maths-based, very simple and obvious way of thinking, although it is to now, it is to us now, it wasn't always like this. And the what I was recently thinking about, again, in the last few days, this is a current problem for me, um, is just remembering that you have some hourly rate. Again, if you're doing this for freedom and not you do, you're not just doing it for the joy of running an Amazon business, but you're doing it for freedom or some specific purpose, what you can do is set an hourly rate, either a current hourly rate, which is how much each hour, as you said, each hour of your time is worth right now. But you could also set an aspirational hourly rate, which is how much do you want it to be worth? So when you get to your goal, your objective, what is that rate then? And And... I had I had internalized this, but it's it's sort of like being lost somewhere. So I had to revisit that. Like, hang on, hang on. They're like editing a video, like I'm not gonna edit this podcast. But if I were to do so, like I'm effectively paying or like I'm effectively paying what, twenty dollars an hour, ten dollars an hour, something like that. I know that my hourly rate, my current hourly rate, let alone my aspirational hourly rate, is you know, orders of magnitude higher than that. So I would be silly. There's no other way of putting it. I would be very silly to not hire out that job and outsource. And so once you can get rid of the, the, the ingrained patterns, the ways of thinking that, again, come from when we're maybe even childhood or like our parents and the ways they thought about money, things like that, uh, once you can put that stuff to the side and see it for what it is, it becomes quite obvious. Okay, so that's uh, a, a, good, a really, really valuable mindset shift around hiring and, and just a way of thinking. When should you start hiring? Or do we just kind of answer that? Do you have any other (laughs) anything else to add on like when would an Amazon seller start hiring?
1: In general, like even looking back at our journey, I would say, especially if you are thinking about like the first hire, it's usually sooner than you think. Because once you actually find a good employee, you probably will wish that you hired them sooner. Like we we had that, definitely. Like once we you actually make that hire and see what it can do for our business, we are like, okay, you probably should have done this like six months ago. Because the other thing is that once you actually get to a place where you need absolutely need to hire someone, you are completely maxed out, it is actually quite hard to get that time, to find that time, to go through that process of hiring someone. You are already maxed out, working 50, 60 hours a week, and now, okay, I need to hire someone. So I need to spend another maybe 40, 50 hours to go through the whole process, to interview and post the job ads and all that stuff on board them, train them, right? So I would say sooner than you think.
0: Cool, definitely. The first hire, and I believe you touched on it, but who would the first hire be, generally?
1: Yeah, so uh, usually when people ask me like who to hire first, I would first of all think about the process you want to delegate. That determines the role you should hire, right? Uh, and we decided that like choosing the process, uh, cho- choosing the process to delegate, we mainly looked at our time allocation, and then trying to figure out as we were talking about the hourly rates, how much money would it cost to get that time back, right? So let's say if I would spend 5% of my time doing customer service, maybe I can get that time back very cheaply. But on the other hand, it's just 5% of my time. Maybe it's better to start with supply and supply manager to get like 60% of my time, right? That's So that's where I get the leverage for getting back my time. So usually for my for most sellers, I would say it's supply, but it's hard to say in general because some businesses are just different and they do not spend that much time on supply. Maybe then they spend like most of their time in customer service, let's say. So it really depends on the on the process.
0: It is interesting. Um, you, you've obviously, you've now worked with a lot more high-level sellers than than I've ever come into contact with in, in this last like six months or whatever that you've been uh Going through this process or a year actually. Uh, But it's even though the Amazon FBA business model is very simple, it's it's difficult, but it's simple. But there are there is still a lot of individuality in what those different businesses look like. Like we sort of have just assumed that most businesses look like ours, but you'll see some people, you know, with these huge teams and not really doing that much revenue with like, it's like they've taken the process mindset to the extreme, or maybe they haven't properly i would say that i see this quite often that like you see the
1: both extremes you see seven figure sellers with like no employees no VAs, nothing doing everything by themselves and then you see like the other extreme someone who like hired their first employee they enjoy that so they now have another task they need to delegate so they hire another one and i was talking to a seller doing around seven figures and they had six employees i was like what's going on but they were like okay i had this task i needed to delegate so i have them on board, like paying them five hundred dollars per month, and all these employees will like, say that's that's not how to do that, right? That's the extreme on the other side. I think that 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 the key is is really try trying to strike some kind of a balance.
0: This uh, just makes me think as well about it, it used to be a common question that I would get, which was effectively, how do I find another Michael? <laughs> and I know that we we already touched on that earlier in in this conversation. Uh, but now that we're specifically looking at this from a hiring perspective and and what's the optimum way to do it, I actually feel like for what I was really going for in this like medium term time frame, I feel like we actually, I did this the hard way with you because it was a long, it was an apprenticeship. It was a long process. And obviously it worked out really well in the end. But for somebody who is, I, I think if you've got aspirations of getting to like an eight figure level, which I didn't have. When i hired you (laughs) that was not the original goal we just got there in the end more or less um as things develop but i think if you're looking to that larger larger scale then doing that i mean maybe you can actually hire somebody straight away and pay them a lot of money straight up but i didn't have that money and i wasn't willing to take that risk all the way back back when we started i would add what i want to say is that be very aware that if you go this other route that that we did that i did with you that is actually a long and difficult pathway in comparison to what you're actually describing which is to have the owner stay as the owner and probably stay as the manager but just systemize like have everything running like clockwork understand all the processes have one or two vas to be able to do these different jobs that are clearly defined and i think or i'd like to get your opinion on this but it seems to me like the 80 20 for let's say a seven figure seller is to just do what you're suggesting and not to actually go in this pathway of of you know, finding this like diamond in the rough, this guy on Reddit <laughs> from the Czech Republic and spend, you know, a couple of years training him up. And then eventually it all works out really well. But I feel like there are many ways in which it could have not worked out that well versus just taking the simple path, implementing what you're talking about. And in how long would you say, what's the time frame to actually making the, you know, the eighty twenty transformation?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people ask for like, can I actually hire someone who would do this for me to build the processes, build a the team? And I think like, you can do that for sure, but either be ready to pay like a six-figure salary or to train them for quite a while to actually explain how everything works and train how you trained me, which took two years, as you said, like it took some quite some time to get the value back and get into the position why you hired me in the first place. So I think that usually it's it's better to build the business from the ground up, like start with the system, as you said, build the process, find someone, and then hire them and train them for that specific role and then repeat the process for another role in the business. And you are basically getting more leverage, stepping out of the operations and becoming like the owner of the business who drives the growth. And potentially then you can give them more accountability, right? You're, then your bad manager can actually develop new products. So you get out of that process as well and you just remain basically just like the visionary of the business leading the team, which as you said, may take just a few hours every week. But I think it's important to be in touch with the business and not completely lose control by being completely like completely rely on this one person. When you hire someone and hope that they will build everything and they will stay on board till you actually sell the business, right? I, I, I think that's rare and it's quite a risky expectation because now imagine if you bring someone on board, they will actually build the systems and processes and build the team. So are you so confident that you are not going to review what they did? probably not you still want to see how they did that how they are running the business but it takes some time to to see the results of their work right if you hire this high level position it will take like six months to actually see whether they are doing job and then if they decide to leave you just like you don't understand what they built you don't may don't understand their like vision and now you have to go back and you lost like six months or even a year and I actually hear that quite often, especially like with business partners, if they split, one was like the operator setting up the operations. The other was more like, oh, a visionary. Then the operator leaves and the visionary just like, don't understand like what, what's going on and how to even run the business, right? So I, I think that this is quite a risky move to expect that you will find someone who will
0: do everything for you. Everyone wants something for nothing, but you generally yeah. don't get something for nothing. So have you... We've been talking about this from our perspective, our story of us working together, and now you've started to interact with more and more sellers out in the, the wider world. What actual, you know, what results have you seen? Can you talk through some actual, if you're willing to do so, like some case studies or like, you know, it's one thing for it, for it to be between us, but then does it work for these other sellers? Like, what have you actually seen out in the real world?
1: Yeah, so basically what I do with sellers, I guide them through the transformation. And during the transformation, we focus on mindset. We focus on the systems to really set up a proper company wiki, task management, and all of that stuff to set up the foundation of the business. Really understand what are the key functions of the business. And here we try to replicate what we had in our business because, I, as I said, I think our business was very efficient. It was just purely an Amazon business, so I work with Amazon sellers so they can replicate it. And then we focus on team: how to actually use labor to plug them into the system, into the operating system we just built, and get the leverage. And lastly, we focus on like the strategy of the business so they don't get spread too thin, which I think is a problem with a lot of stars. They are trying to just like chase so many things that they just lose focus from that one thing that they know they could drive their business, right? Usually launching new products, optimizing, expanding to new marketplaces. So the results, usually within like three, four months, we restructure the business, we hire first employee, so they start focusing on growth again. So it takes a bit more time to like see the result, but after like two, three months, we can already see that they are saving the time and that their time allocation is changing, right? We can see that in the re- revenue of the business. After like six months, why does they actually start launching new products again and focusing on growth? But basically after those two, three months, we can already see, their time in like the operations going down and their time in the growth activities going up, which I think that's probably the best way to describe this as we were talking about this, to like help them focus on the high leverage activities.
0: Awesome. So three, let's be conservative and say like three to six months to get closer towards that holy grail, work less, make more money. It's awesome. All right, Michael. So what's next? Where can we find you? What's uh, what's on your plate going forwards?
1: Yeah, so I decided to basically follow all of the lessons I was teaching other sellers and try to systemize my own business and build a team. So that's what I've been doing for the past six months. And finally, it's ready. I built my own website. I started a company called Scaleport, where I have information about uh, the program. And I help Amazon sellers to systemize their businesses, to build a team, and basically help them go through this transformation. So I have a very structured program to help them make this transition, which may not be easy for everyone. So I help sellers, high six-figure sellers, seven-figure sellers to go through this transformation, systemize the business, hire, and basically, as we said, like work a bit less and earn more. I do interviews before I work with sellers to actually see whether I can help them or not. Because as I said, I want to see how they operate. I want to see their brand. And I actually want to identify that, that this is their bottleneck. Some sellers are struggling with sales. They are struggling with finding the product market fit. I cannot help them. But those that actually have the brand and they just need to unlock the potential of the brand, I want to work with them. But in order to find out, I have to speak with them. So you can find me on my website and all the details are there.
0: Awesome. So we will put a link to all that down below, to the YouTube channel, to the website. Uh, We were talking about this just before the call. We haven't really worked it out, but we're going to do something together. So... I don't know how are we gonna do this? Like I I wanna I want I've seen some of these transformations and honestly it's super impressive. Not only Michael's personal transformation, but specifically the people that he's working with, the sellers that he's working with and, and the results that he's getting are pretty incredible. So I wanna be a part of that in some way. So I'm gonna well, I don't know what are we gonna do, Michael. you are gonna hop into the community and do coaching calls with you or do we have a setup here? What are, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I basically have a community for all of my clients where we help each other out. And I'm, pl- I'm planning to do like these collaboration calls, addressing some bigger topics. And that's why I thought that Miles could come in and basically help other sellers talk, especially about the, like, the mindset lifestyle, because I, or even like the business exit, because I think that all of these topics are very relevant to all Amazon sellers. So I really try to bring everyone I work with into one community and also Miles
0: can come there and basically see see what we've built. Sounds good. You heard it here first. I'll this be inside there doing it. calls and and chatting with all of you guys. So uh, if you are interested, then again, you can go find the website down below if you want to uh, hop on a call with Michael or just go to the YouTube channel to see more of what he's about. And, and he's created a lot of really great content on that channel. Uh, and... I don't know if there's any final thoughts, Michael, anything you want to leave the audience with before we go?
1: Yeah, I think that probably what helped me the most is to really learn how to step out of the business and get get detached from it and get really data-driven, really understand what it takes to build a business what drives the business growth. And usually being data-driven means that we have to get emotionally detached. Because sometimes I remember launching products, you spend a lot of time doing that, you are building these brands, but if it's not working, just leave it and trust the data. So I would say that that works in all areas of the business.
0: There you go. Check the emotions at the door if you want to succeed on Amazon. Valuable lesson. Michael, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation. I know it's about one year overdue. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I take responsibility for that, but it's been awesome. Again, honored to have you, honored to have been a part of your journey. And uh, I will see anyone who, goes through michael's final and and ends up in the community i'll see you guys in there and uh until the next one thank you bye so that's it i hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as i enjoyed having it i would love to hear if there was one particular takeaway or lesson that you learned then definitely leave me a comment down below like i said i'll leave the links to michael's channel in the description down below Uh, Honestly, his videos are really high value, no BS. So if you wanna learn more about the topics that we talked about in this video, then definitely go ahead and subscribe to Michael's YouTube channel. Lastly, if you just wanna skip to the chase and work with Michael so that he can help you to implement these strategies and to take your business to the next level, then go ahead to his website down below again and you can book a call with him and take it from there. And that's it for me. See you in the next one. Peace.